Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I welcome you all to another session and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it beneficial. Just waiting for Sheikh Ibrahim as well as uh, some of the others who follow to join the stream, inshallah. Bismillah, today we will be speaking about Ramadan, some of the advice which we can derive from the Quran and the Sunnah. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you, Sheikh Adnan? Alhamdulillah, I'm well. I hope you're well, and I hope everybody else who's following are all well and ready for the month of Ramadan, inshallah. Inshallah, inshallah. In fact, that's our topic of discussion today. With only a few days left for the month of Ramadan, I think in some places two and some places three days left for the month of Ramadan, maybe we could speak about some of the virtues and what somebody should be looking out for, especially in the beginning of Ramadan, or how could they make the most out of these few days that remain? I think gearing up for Ramadan is important and uh, perhaps, you know, eating uh, slightly less right now during the daytime can help you uh, just ease into the fast as you come into Ramadan, uh, as well as at the same time, uh, increasing your recitation and pondering over the Quran, etc. Uh, in these few days so that as we get into Ramadan, it won't be so difficult for you to carry on. Yes, as you mentioned, also when we look at the month of Ramadan, we find that there were many events that occurred. So, for example, the Quran was revealed in the month of Ramadan. Also, we find that some of the main uh, battles, the uh, Battle of Badr, occurred in the month of Ramadan. At the same time, we find during this month, there is Laylatul Qadr. So maybe, inshallah, we'll touch a bit on these points, Ibnillah. What happens when it comes to the Quran? What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say about Ramadan firstly? Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu kutiba alaykum as-siyam kama kutiba ala al-ladheena min qablikum la'allakum tattaqoon Oh you who believe, addressing us as believers. Whenever Allah jalla wa'ala addresses us with Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu we should know that he is giving us an order either to do something or stay away from something. Here he is telling us that fasting has most definitely been ordained. It has been made compulsory upon you in the same way the previous nations, they also were made to fast so that they may attain taqwa. Yes, so that they may attain consciousness, exactly. And later on, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not long after that, he says, Shahru Ramadan alladhi unzila fihi al-Qur'an, the month of the Qur'an, you know, in which the Qur'an was revealed. So. This is the month of the Quran, and we really need to increase and strengthen our relationship with this Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent, not only as a, a, his word that we will recite, but at the same time ponder over and gain some benefit from. Some people say that, you know, only those who understand the Arabic language should ponder over the Quran, only those who really uh, know what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying directly from the text should ponder over it. But I don't think this is true uh, because the bulk of the people uh, have been addressed with the Quran. Quran. Do they, they not ponder upon the Quran? So we need to ponder upon the Quran and its meanings. Even if you don't understand the Arabic language, pick up uh, a verse, a, uh, an ayah, a surah that you know uh, about or you recite regularly in your salah and then ponder upon that deeply because you'll find yourself rejuvenated with that 
thought over the Quran and in the Quran? Yes, as you mentioned, and I think it's important for us to break it down a little bit further. So people who are following or who will listen later on, they're of different levels. There are those who maybe they cannot recite the Quran looking inside. Maybe they can't recite the Arabic. There are those who perhaps they know how to recite but haven't memorized. There are those who have memorized. So maybe if we could give advice to every uh, tier or every part of society. So maybe if we start off with those people, maybe they are new Muslims or they've never learned the Arabic language. What advice would you give them? Yes, yes, yes. And that's a lot of the people. Exactly. That's a lot of the people. Uh, so a lot of the I, people actually don't. Yeah, go on, go on. I, I think that when it comes to this group of people, those who don't know the Arabic language, those who can't recite on their own, the first thing they can start doing is listening to the Quran. So maybe outside the month of Ramadan, you don't really listen to the Quran regularly. So in the month of Ramadan, make a, you know, a, a fixed time, whether it's after a salah or the first thing in the morning, whatever is suitable for you, take at least five to 10 minutes, begin with that and just listen to the Quran, try and go over it, following the reciter. You may not understand or you may not be able to uh, follow looking inside, but at least be you would attain the blessing, the reward and the barakah of listening to the word of Allah. What I find amazing about the Quran is that in this time of turmoil, difficulty, hardship, uh, where people don't understand what is going on in the world, there's a lot of confusion. Uh, people don't really know uh, what's going on. When you recite the Quran, ponder upon its meanings, understand it, try to practice upon some of its teachings, uh, especially after a session that you have had with the Quran, you find yourself having this amazing clarity where everything becomes very, very clear. And you know your purpose, you know why you're here, you know what's happening. You, you won't understand fully the confusion that's going on, but with regards to yourself, you know in which direction to move. So that no longer clouds your judgment. Uh, and I find this amazing. And, you know, interestingly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has instructed us, or Rasulullah has instructed us to read uh, Surah Al-Kahf, for protection from the deceiver, the jal, when he comes. So when you read the first verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, Alhamdulillahilladhi anzala ala abdihi al-kitaba wa lam yaja'allahu iwaja. He didn't make it crooked, this book. So it gives you that clarity. It gives you that uh, understanding of how to get to the straight path. And it just opens up your doors in so many different ways. You know, exactly what you mentioned. There's nobody who's tried to live with the Quran and put it into their day-to-day -day lives in whatever way you are able to accept that you see its benefit, you see the barakah, you see the ease, especially when you start your day off with the Quran. As we mentioned, for this group of people who may not know how to recite the Quran, begin by listening to it. Then look at a translation in your own language. Maybe you're not used to reading so many pages. Start with one page or start with a few verses. Maybe you set a goal for the month of Ramadan, the 30th juz or the last uh, portion of the Quran. I would like to read this during the month of Ramadan in my language and try to understand a bit more what my creator is trying to tell me. 
I, I keep repeating this uh, throughout any sessions that I have where I'm telling the people that, look, we've been reciting the Quran regularly all the time uh, for years on end. We've been doing khatim after khatim, but especially when it comes to the month of Ramadan. But how many of us have really and truly transformed our lives through that recitation? So why haven't we? We've got to ask that question. And then now that we've asked the question and we've got the answer, we know that because we don't understand the Qur'an, we haven't been inculcating its messages into our lives uh, fully or you know, benefiting in the manner that we can or to the extent that we can. So shouldn't it be that we should focus more on that rather than trying to just complete again and again? Yes, maybe you have one khatim, so you reduce it from two to one, but focus more on the, on the recitation, and on the uh, pondering over the Qur'an or inculcating its verses into your life. Uh, in that way, you'll be able to really and truly become a manifestation of the Qur'an. When I say this, I mean like how Rasulullah was described, his character as being Quran, his character was the Quran, meaning he saw something, he inculcated it into his life, and in that way he became a better person. He learned uh, so much from uh, the Quran in itself. Of course, Rasulullah was perfect, and uh, but he always was improving, and that was part of his perfection. As you mentioned, you know, it's so important that we finally start to, you know, ponder over the Quran, understand what the creator is telling us. You know, if we take a worldly example, if you write an exam or if you had to study a book or a syllabus and you knew it from cover to cover, you could read it without any mistakes. But somebody had to ask you, how do you implement this? What do you what does this book say about this? If you can't even understand one verse or one line, I think it's about time we also addressed that part of it. So if that's to do with a worldly example, what about the word of the creator? Moving on to the next group of people, unless you want to add anything onto this point before we move on. No, no, please go on. The next group of people are those who they able to recite the Quran looking inside. So they know how to recite. They can read. What advice would you give to them? They know how to recite and read the Quran. Such people are really and truly blessed because uh, number one, they can look into the Quran, they know how to read it and they understand, correct? They understand. Okay, so let's say they Okay, so let's say they don't understand. They, they are blessed because they can read the Arabic language. I know certain people who actually can't read and they've just memorized certain verses. So for them, they only repeat those verses. And like you mentioned, uh, those who, and we're going back to the earlier category, those who can't uh, actually should listen more and more to the Quran because that will help them uh, be, you know, at least be able to listen to the rest of the Quran uh, besides that which they've memorized. But when it comes to those who are able to read, then take the full benefit of this ability to read and recite as much as possible. But don't recite to the point where you become tired and you don't even know really and truly you're not focusing on the tajweed, etc. Because, you know, the hadith says, For indeed Allah does not become tired until you become tired. Of course, the attribute of tiredness is not for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, we're not saying that he becomes tired, meaning in a humanly way, but meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in that ibadah until you have left it. Uh, you, you're now out of it. He, he also turns away from you. 
So we, we need to, you know, look into this and really try and read the Quran with concentration. And then when you are tired, then switch over to something else, perhaps listening to the Quran and then pondering over it. And in different ways, you know, so you, you basically engage with the Quran differently. You know, as you mentioned, this group of people who are able to at least recite the Quran, looking inside, they should recite it, have your timetable, have your goal for the month. Some people may say that we can't recite it perfectly. We may struggle. Uh, it may be difficult on our tongues. Well, the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says, the one who reads the Quran, who recites the Quran, and it is difficult for him. It's difficult for him. He will have two rewards, one for recitation, and the other for actually struggling and putting in the effort. Yes, wallahi, that's so true because people recite the Quran and uh, struggle with it and they feel like, ah, you know, I, I should give up on this. But don't give up because there's so much reward. You have more reward than the one who is able to recite it fluently and perfectly. And I think adding to this group of people, who are able to recite looking inside, also start trying to understand it. If you don't know the Arabic, go to the English translation. If you know the Arabic, maybe it's about time you started uh, looking into the simple tafsir or simple explanations of the Quran. Yes, wallahi, wallahi. Sheikhna, you had mentioned some categories. So what's the last category? Of people. I think uh, we could say the last category of people or the third category of people, I think that we could put them into four. The third we would say are those who have memorized the Quran. So they know how to recite it off by heart. They're able to recite it, whether it's a few Jews or the whole Quran. What advice would you give to them? Wallah, you start. You start, Sheikhna. You, you go I ahead. I think the first thing when it comes to this group of people, remember, after you've memorized the Quran, as Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam says, he gave the example of a camel. If you just leave it, it will run away if it's not tied. So in the same way, the Quran, you have to carry on revising, going over it. So this group of people during the year, you go over the Quran. If you haven't, if you've been slacking, this is an opportunity, firstly, for you to go over what you've memorized so you don't forget it. Yes, in that revision, uh, sorry, did you finish your point there or did it get, uh, it seems to yes, be cut I, on my we, side, unfortunately. We can add on after you mention your point. Okay, so what I was saying is that in that revision, you find that there's so many different gems that a person uh, derived from the Quran. So if this person, uh, as far as I got it right, he's the person who understands the Quran as well. Um, if he recites and he revises it again and again, every time he comes across an ayah, if he's paying attention to the meaning, you find that such a person begins to derive more and more gems uh, from the Quran. There's different angles that you come to the same ayah from and you derive different benefits. And uh, Alhamdulillah, you know, this is something that shows us that this is the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because ultimately these are words that he spoke. So, it is, you know, the equality of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's amazing how you find that uh, revision actually benefits you in different ways. Along with revising, one should try and understand what he's reading. You know, you've been over the Quran, you know it by heart. Maybe it's about time you start looking at what your creator is saying to you. Same with the previous categories. Not only that, maybe if you read an English book or 
you could listen to somebody who's actually explaining the Quran or discussing topics of the Quran. Yes, yes, wallahi. I think the fourth category and the last, uh, the final category, we would say are those people who have memorized the Quran and with them, they have the Arabic language. They understand the Arabic language. What advice could you give to them? Yes, these, these I feel are the most blessed people in terms of uh, their abilities. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed them with the capacity to understand what he is saying to them directly. They need to make sure that number one, the understanding of the verse is in accordance with the understanding of the previous generation. So we don't want to come to a situation where you have the, a misunderstanding uh, of the verse. So number one, make sure it's the correct understanding. And then once you've got that base, there are no limits. So you understand that there are certain things that are out here because you can't derive this conclusion uh, based on the actual tafsir of this ayah. But then there are other gems that you'll derive from that ayah and those ayat that there is literally, I think there's no limit to. Uh, in fact, our minds are too limited when it comes to this. So you find that uh, different people will come up with different explanations, but we won't get to the uh, the, the, the limit with, with that ayah. So you, you can just gain so much from the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Most definitely. I think when you look at the books of tafsir, you find those who explain the meaning in brief. You find those who've mainly spoken about halal and haram, fiqh, ayat that speak about fiqh. You find those who have mainly spoken about the stories in the Quran. You find those who look at it from a linguistic point of view. And as you said, there is no limit to that. So one who understands the Arabic, who's memorized the Quran, he should take advantage of the gift Allah Jalla wa ala has given him. And he should show gratitude of this gift by starting to read the various tafasir or the various explanations of the Quran. Yes, alhamdulillah. So I think that that way we've discussed how the Quran actually helps you become a person who's conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Ramadan. Uh, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions it, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ And then a few lines down, he, he mentions شَهْرُ رَمَضَانَ الَّذِي أُنزِلَ فِيهِ الْقُرْآنَ So the, the taqwa and consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a direct link uh, with the Quran in the month of Ramadan. You know, I was reading a hadith of uh, hadith of uh, Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma, wherein he says Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was the most generous of people, and his generosity was even more apparent during the month of Ramadan when Jibreel alayhi salam would meet him in order to teach him the Quran, where they would go over it, and some of the scholars derive from this hadith that if you really want to understand the Quran and you really want Allah Jalla wa'ala to grant you an opening, one of the ways you can do this is by being generous, being generous with your time, giving people, even when it comes to food, when it comes to drink, when it comes to wealth, and Allah Jalla wa'ala will help the one who helps others. Allah Jalla wa'ala will grant you understanding of this book, bi-ibnillah. Yes, uh, subhanAllah, I've never heard that explanation actually, so how it's linked to the, to the Quran as well. Because Ramadan being the month of the Qur'an, uh, your generosity will actually help you understand the Qur'an in a better light and in a better way. Uh, I've never actually heard that, so it's, it's something new that I'm learning. 
I think we've uh, touched on quite a bit when it comes to the Quran. There's a lot that can be said. What about when it comes to the actual fast? Maybe when it comes to the nutrition, waking up in the morning, breaking your fast. What should a person be doing whilst he's fasting? I think that that hunger and that thirst should remind you of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You should think of why you're hungry, hungry and thirsty. It's not that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants your throat to be parched and your belly to be empty, but he wants you to remember him and be conscious of him. So that should remind you of the main goal and purpose of fasting, which is to achieve the consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, most definitely. During this month of Ramadan, you leave something that you love and you like for the sake of Allah. It trains you and teaches you that any bad habits, if you are able to leave food and drink, which are essentials for survival, other bad habits, maybe it may be smoking or other bad deeds, you will also be able to leave these bad habits. It's like Allah is giving you a training camp to show you that certain things, yes, it may take time, but you are able to do it. So use that as your stepping stone to start getting rid of bad habits. Yes, a, a believer's Ramadan, you know, uh, doesn't only end. When I say Ramadan, I mean it, you know, metaphorically. It doesn't end with these uh, days of Ramadan. So you take what you've learned here and implement it into the rest of your life. Or where you look at your whole life as Ramadan, you're born and then you need to fast from certain deeds and you need to engage in others and uh, be more conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until you pass on. And that's literally the breaking of your fast, which is the end of your life, uh, at which point there's no restrictions anymore. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you uh, whatever you want. You can now eat and drink and uh, have enjoy and engage in whatever desires you'd like in in Jannah. So I, I think the day of Ramadan can become a lesson for for the believer uh, altogether. May Allah Subhanahu wa Taala grant us all Jannah and a Ramadan which is accepted. What would you say when it comes to, for example, if you look at the acts of worship, you find when it comes to zakat, you find there's uh, two things uh, which are mentioned here first is you give zakah obviously asking for or not expecting but with the intention of gaining closeness to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so is there is that aspect of your relationship with allah but there is also that aspect where it reminds you to be good to the people also when it comes to fasting it reminds you of allah jalla wa ala, reminds you of taqwa but at the same time you should remember those who are less fortunate, those who don't have anything to eat, and maybe or you should try your best to feed them. Maybe if you could tell us of the reward of a person who provides iftar or some food for a fasting person to break his fast. So the hadith of Rasulullah tells us that if you feed a fasting person, then not only will you receive the reward of your fast, but the fast of that person as well, and he will not be decreased in any way whatsoever. Uh, so this is the general meaning of the hadith. So he will not be decreased. His reward is not decreased. And you receive his reward as well. So why not feed as many people as possible, especially at a time where hunger and thirst becomes, uh, you become more aware of this. So you, you are naturally, uh, you should naturally feel a sense of, 
sympathy towards these people who don't have something to break their fast with, or perhaps they do, but not enough. Uh, and generally, I think that Ramadan should remind us that there are people who feel like as if they are fasting throughout the year. They feel hunger every single day. So why can't we help these people and provide for them? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will provide for us. Um, and the fact that Allah has provided for us, we need to try and help uh, people. You know, handouts are definitely uh, something that you need to do. But at the same time, we were speaking the other day about hand a hand up where you empower a person. Uh, perhaps you can shed some light on that, Sheikhna. You know, the point you mentioned, I haven't really heard anybody put it like that, where you said, we remember those who are fasting, so to speak, their whole lives. They've got nothing. They, you know, hand to mouth. Or sometimes they're starving for days on end. And, you know, I think you put it in a way where, you know, we can understand if we're going through 30 days, what about those who are fasting their whole lives? because they don't have food, they don't have drink, they're waiting for aid to get to them. So I think it's extremely important to think about them and help them. You are also speaking about uh, empower, empowering or helping people to overcome certain challenges in life. As we mentioned the other day, yes, it's extremely uh, rewarding to give out, to give out charity, to give people food, to give people money, to give people things, but at the same time, it's also extremely rewarding and at times better to actually teach and empower this person. What do we mean by this? I give you an example. Yes, it's good to give somebody a meal or 10 meals or whatever it may be. But however, this is consumption. There's a reward for it. It is sadaqah. But there are also things in the sharia, such as a waqf, building something where the actual structure remains, but it carries on feeding people. So, for example, maybe you give them seeds and you get into a not necessarily a contract, it could be a charity, but these people have something to sustain them constantly. So you've bought a farm for them, or you've bought a farm for the community, or they have a patch of land and you help them to grow their fruits and vegetables. Here they are not waiting for you every week or every month to come and deliver them. Maybe they will come a day where you're unable to deliver. Maybe they will come a day like the, the difficulties we are facing now, where Businesses don't have profits, they don't have monies. At least you have empowered this community. They have their own food, they have their own drink. And it's a long topic which we can speak about. It's mentioned in the Sharia. Yes, charity is good, but we should also start thinking of actually uh, teaching these people how to fish, as the saying goes, instead of always giving a fish, because there comes a time where you can't provide that fish. Yes, wallahi, you know... Uh... Handouts are definitely beneficial and they might provide immediate relief, but at the same time, we've got to empower these uh, beings to try and provide for themselves and then they will be able to benefit others. So I think that in that way, the benefit will be a lot more contagious uh, than if that's the right word to use, you know, uh, than a just a hand down. So I always heard this from, uh, mashallah, I heard it from my father actually, where he, he would say, a hand up instead of a hand down. So that, that will actually, you know, elevate the person. And at the same time, it gives them this feeling of um, honor, you know, with a dignity. They feel like they've maintained their dignity and they can now help others. So I, I think that's important. We can actually talk about that uh, on another occasion.
باذن الله باذن الله quickly going through some of the remaining topics we spoke about the quran we spoke about fasting itself and feeding people what happens now when it comes to a person who, or when it comes to the main event in ramadan and a person who wants to witness this event laylatul qadr what should a person be doing from the very beginning of ramadan i think very firstly or the very first thing a person can do is start asking allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make dua ask him for the tawfiq and the ability to witness this night and make you from the ones who benefited the most from this night at the end of the day we can try as much as we want we can read as much quran as we want we can practice as much as we want however the tawfiq of allah jalla wa'ala his permission for you to do something is ultimately what prevails so we should start asking allah jalla wa'ala to grant us all the tawfiq to actually be from those who attain who, or who have the best share the largest share when it comes to this night yes yes in uh, with regards to laylatul qadr uh, i think people just need to really understand the value of this night uh, when we say that it's better than a thousand months know that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said that uh, you know it is better than a thousand months so if you if someone had to tell you that come and look for 10 10 days or 10 nights look for this night and one of the nights will definitely be the night and on that night uh, you receive a thousand times more profit than you would usually in your business uh, what what would you do you every night you'd stay awake the whole night to make sure that you get that night why because a thousand months not a thousand days that's so many years that's a whole lifetime Why, why why wouldn't i stay awake now we might not see the immediate benefit of staying awake uh, throughout these 10 nights but understand that you will find it one day with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and if you look hard enough the immediate benefits will also become clear to you uh, you will see how allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will help you in your life you will become a better human being you you naturally improve uh, in your life so I think people need to understand the value of this night in order to actually look for it in the first place. Most definitely you need to understand what it's all about. Why is what was the reward that Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala has promised? Why did that happen? If we look at the previous nations we find that Allah Jalla wa Ala granted them long lives. People lived up to a thousand years and more. Nuh alayhi salam his da'wa only calling his people was a thousand years less 50. So when it comes to this ummah we find that there's only a few years we live our life spans are roughly between 60 and 70 and for many people it's even much less than that so allah jalla wa ala gave us this opportunity to make the most of it imagine one night during these last 10 nights you look for it at the beginning it's mentioned that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was looking for this night during the whole month of ramadan all 30 days So in the first 10 the second 10 the last 10 eventually he was informed that this night is in the last 10 so imagine 10 days out of the whole year is 365 or 366 days in the solar calendar and 360 roughly in the lunar calendar all you have to look out for all you have to you know put emphasis and hard work in is these 10 nights we're not saying then leave it but bi'ithnillah this will be your starting block your foundation to build even after the month of ramadan yes you know uh, when we look at the generations of the past and the people 
of Ad and Thamud and Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam, his people, Salih, and all of these Anbiya, uh, many of them had long lifespans. So they lived for a thousand years, thousand five hundred years. Uh, we know Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam lived for a very, very long, uh, long time. Al-Fasanatin illa khamsina ama. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says a thousand years except for 50. So basically they lived very long. And we have the chance to live a small life and at the same time, or a short life, gain the reward that they did, or not saying the Anbiya, والسلام, but the people of those Anbiya, the reward that they gained in a thousand years. So you're living 60 to 70 years and you're gaining the reward of a thousand, thousand five hundred years. That means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has favored you. Uh, you only have to put very little effort and get so much reward. Uh, perhaps you can surpass the reward that they have attained and achieved in their time in that whole thousand years, thousand five hundred years. Of course, we're not talking about the Anbiya alayhimu salatu wasalam because we can never reach their level and their status. Yes, as you mentioned, I think what's also important to mention, sometimes people when they hear about all this fadl and virtue, when Ramadan starts the first two, three days, they at it and this was not their usual habit. So they're not used to it and you find that they wilt away after two, three days. What advice would you give such people? Yes, yeah, start slowly, take it easy, do as much as possible, but at the same time, Remember, don't get tired in that ibadah and that worship. When you are tired, change up the activity. Uh, do something with the intention of a reward, but it can be normal, your household chores, etc. Uh, you're going about or just sitting and thinking about the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, all of that which is around you. And make sure that you don't get tired of that ibadah. Because if you do in the beginning few days, this is a very good point that you've raised because a lot of people, sometimes we find ourselves also where you do a lot in the first few days and then you, you taper off and you become tired and uh, you, you leave it or you become, you know, you do much less towards the end. Whereas if you build slowly and you maintain what you've got, then that is in agreement with the hadith of the Messenger where he says, that the most beloved of actions are uh, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are those which are consistent even if they may be less. So maintain that consistency and it should be like a graph that is going up and it goes up and peaks right at the end of Ramadan and that way you've really achieved your, your, your consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, as we mentioned the other day, whatever you do in life, you start slowly, 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 and you intending to peak at a certain uh, place or a certain time. And when it comes to the month of Ramadan, obviously it's the last 10 days of Ramadan. So start slowly, build your progress, be consistent, so you are ready and you are able to peak at that time, even in life. Even in that, 100%. There's, uh, sorry, there's some disturbance in the background. Uh, but can you hear me clearly? Yes. Is there anything else you'd like to add on to the points we've mentioned? Uh, Sheikh, I think we were talking about how we're going to have this program throughout the month of Ramadan and what we're going to talk about, inshallah. Could you enlighten us? Uh, I think after discussing with you, Bi'ivnillah, and also reading some of the comments today, people wanted a similar sort of, uh, you know, session 
in the month of Ramadan. So we were thinking, Allah, the month of Ramadan is generally 29 to 30 days. The Quran has 30 juz or 30 parts to it. Allah, every day we want to discuss some of the verses in that juz. So for example, day one, we look at the first juz, maybe a story from the Quran. I think, I think stories people relate to and we can derive some of the benefits. You know, sometimes you read the story, you understand the story, but there's deeper meaning to it. Yes, yes. I, I think this is going to be a fantastic series, Bismillah Ta'ala. And uh, guys, make sure that you remember that it's every day. So inshallah, we'll be coming on every day. We'll advertise the time and uh, the topic, Bismillah Ta'ala. Bismillah. We ask Allah Jalla wa'ala to grant us acceptance and goodness and ikhlas. Uh, I think the timing will be a little bit different because of uh, taraweeh, even if we are reading at home and uh, iftar and different time zones. Roughly, we were looking at, uh, I think, 5.30 Makkah time right now, but we still have to finalize. Yes, I think we can even finalize it now so that everybody knows. Uh, inshallah, whoever's joined at the moment can uh, hear exactly what time we'll meet. So I think for now, inshallah, we will leave it at 5.30 p.m. Makkah time or plus 3 GMT. Yes, inshallah, inshallah. Sheikhna, it's been lovely chatting to you. Jazakallah khair. Inshallah, log off now. Amin wa iyyakum. It's been a lovely session. Jazakallah khair for all those who followed. We ask Allah Jalla wa'ala to grant us all a Ramadan which is filled with barakah and acceptance. And we ask him to make us from those who will enter Al-Firdaus Al-A'la, the highest part of Jannah, without any prior punishment or any hisab, any accounting. Inshallah, inshallah. And uh, last, lastly, uh, we will be on Sheikh Adnan's channel, inshallah, on his account. So uh, please log into his account when it's time. Uh, so we'll, we'll take it from there, bi'ibnillah. Bi'ibnillah. Not only that, uh, we, we've been uploading the these uh, lives or the audios from them on YouTube for those who've missed them. So you can follow there if you've missed anything. It's in the bio as well. You can find it on Sheikh Adnan's bio or my bio, inshallah. Uh, it should be available there. And uh, if not, then you can look onto the account, uh, my Facebook account, my Instagram account, uh, or Sheikh Adnan's, inshallah, you'll find it somewhere. Uh, Sheikhna, let me leave, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum. وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته